introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way. Find a way. Listen up, listen up. It's the Poet Life Podcast. I'm Christoph Wrights, and I'm super excited about tonight. Um, my co my partner, my co-host J Rod D is not in the house tonight. Uh, as I've said a couple of times in the most recent episodes, he just had a newborn baby girl. So yes, yes. So we're giving him some time off or, or he's taking some time off. <laughs> um, and um, we wish him well and his family, but listen, we have an awesome conversation on tonight. We have Miss Anita D. Miss Anita D, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I mean, you know, our audience knows, you know, we don't do huge uh, introductions and things of that nature because, you know, we're going to find out all of that information in our conversation. And so um, I'm really excited to get down to it. Um, how was your day? It was good. It was good. Um Woke up early, took a nice long walk, nice. Uh, shipped some books out. Nice. Um, Even nicer. Right. Uh, yeah. Took care of some business, uh, cleaned up around the house, and then just really got ready for this. Okay. Okay. Now, all right, cool. So what? what's early? What's the What, what time is the early walk? Um, okay. So I... I don't like to go to sleep early. Like, I'm usually up until, like, at least... 2 a.m. Um, like it's rare okay. that I go down before that. So I'll wake up and depending on when I go to sleep, anywhere between like eight and ten ish. And then by the time I like shower and I just like I don't move unless my I, my body tells me it's okay to move. Okay. Like if I like I'm just not feeling it, if my energy isn't right, then I'll just sit for five more minutes until it feels yeah. right. Um, yeah. I used to not do that, but I started listening to my body more. Got um, it. So I ended up leaving the house probably around like 11 ish. It was before noon. So I feel like I'm out of the house and I'm walking far. And because I've I just been having like a rough time these past uh, week or so for whatever reason. I don't really know why, but the universe has just been heavy um, towards me. So I've just been trying to pace myself and get back into the groove of things like as easy as possible. Okay. Okay. Now tell me about those books you're shipping out. Yes. Uh, so I have a book. It's self-published. Um, nice. It's called And the Psych Word Says. I have a poem on button poetry called mm -hmm. And the Psych Word Says um, that's creeping up on 400,000 views. So it's like a little viral. Um, right. And so I have a book that has that poem in it as well. And it's uh, pretty much a depiction of my experience as an involuntary patient in a psychiatric ward. And it's um, a collection of poems, journal entries, and stories that were written while I was actually in the hospital. Okay, got you, got you. So you wrote that after you got out of the yeah, war. So, yeah. yeah, some of the poems, uh, most of the poems were written while I was actually in the hospital. That's what helped get me through each day was just writing and journaling. Wow. So the journal entries and poems are actually from that uh, when I was actually in the hospital. So you get like my, very raw state of mind that I was in. 
Um, there are a few more poems and uh, stories that I wrote afterwards and I compiled it. I was in the hospital last year in June, uh, at the end of June, 2019, and I finished the book in December. So wow. I ended up putting everything together and like getting it together by December. What's the title of it? And the psych ward says. And that's the and that's the name of your poem too. Yes. Yeah. Genius. Genius. Thanks. Yes. That's that's um was obviously that was strategic. Yeah, I um because the poem blew up right away. Right. And I figure like y'all all know this poem. So when you're like, oh, the poem has a book that mm. goes with it. So that's why I was just like, oh, I just should name it that. And yes. um, and it's like, you know, it's everything that happened while I was inside the psych ward. So it was just, it was very fitting for the whole book. Um, and I'm actually starting to work on, on I'm trying to do uh, an audio book and have uh, record visuals by next early next year. So nice. I'm gonna I'm working on like a whole project to make it like more of a video project as well. And then I'm gonna add probably some more stories um, to and just like more in-depth stuff in uh, in the audiobook. That's how you do it. I I I I wish most poets or more poets would get more meat off the bone when it comes to poems. You know what I mean? And where it's not just a poem, you take it to an open mic or get booked for, and then that's it. You know right. what I mean? Like realize that you can do so much more with that one poem. Um, we, uh, I don't like saying interview. We had a conversation with um, Carson, can't remember his last name. He's gonna kill me. But uh, one of our guests, um, uh, one of his poems, him and his partner, they wrote a poem and and they were a duo, and they ate off one poem for like ten years. Oh wow! Like yeah, they were doing workshops off of it. Um, you know, obviously performing it. Uh, but what they do is when they come up with a concept of a poem and they finish writing it they then pitch it to different organizations based off of the theme or the topic of that poem right so if say for instance it is um about i don't know uh suicide i don't know um right and they would look up organizations that uh advocate for uh suicide um prevention um survivors i don't know yeah. survivors and and they say hey you know i see that you have they'll do the research they'll do their due diligence and say i see that you all have um an event coming up or a conference coming up would this suit you all's event and they'll pull organizations they'll pull events and things of that nature they'll, they'll basically create bookings for themselves um, so they'll play offense. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sort of. Yeah. Like you're doing here. You say, okay, all right. So this thing is going to go viral. Okay, cool. So let's, let's do the book, name it the same thing because now they know it. They'll know the name of the book as well. So, so mm -hmm. 
if if more poets thought like that, they'd eat more. You know what I mean? You know what's crazy is, so I I, I created the book because Button was having a chapbook contest. And I was like, I'm gonna submit to Button and just see what happens. Cause they re recorded my poem. And that's really another reason why I named it that. Cause I was like, they know my poem got, I think it was like this top four best poems of Button like for the year. So I'm like, I know they know my poem. So that'll get their attention and hopefully it'll do some. I didn't win. I didn't even make it to the final round or anything, but it made me write the book. And then January hit and um, I was driving Uber, but I didn't have a car anymore. And so I was trying to get a new car, but my mom had come into town for the holidays. And so like a lot of money that I had saved up, had to go out to like get mm -hmm. rental cars and get her around. And so I was in a really tough spot and had it not been for this book, I wouldn't have eaten for the first three, two, three months of the year. Wow. Like the book fed me and paid bills and took care of me for the first uh, two, three months of the year by itself. So wow. it's, uh, I, yeah. And I, I was just kind of betting on it and hoping because I was like, I literally don't have anything else. Uh, poetry now is my only job since I don't have a car to drive Uber with. And I gave up a job experience uh, and back in like November because my poem, uh, I started like recording it more and performing it and I was getting more bookings. So I was like, I can't work or not regular nine to five and then also go on tour and do all these bookings and just like leave town at will. So I was like, if poetry is gonna be my job, I have to really make it my job and I need to be able to eat off of it. Um, so I was, I was, I'm grateful that it started working and yeah. it's still like, you know, I know I don't have book sales. Like it's not even available online. It's self-published. I have copies myself that I order and I ship them out. Um, but I've touched every single page of every single book. So uh -huh. I think that's also special. Most definitely. Yeah. Most. And do you sign them as well? Yeah. I always write like a little personal message. Nice. The first, the first batch of books that I put out the first, maybe like hundred or two, I actually wrote like little cards and like everybody had like a nice. own, their own message nice. on top of like signing the inside. But now I, I still sign every single run and write like, I'd like, you'll get a personalized message like to your name. It's not going to be like a fancy poem or anything, but I'm thanking you personally for supporting me in this story. That's so awesome. Like seriously, that's that's see and and that's that's what it takes, man. Like sometimes um it, it takes a push like not having a job um and not being able to work for for whatever reason uh to make you go uh the next step or you know go far and beyond, right? Because um, cause most time when you're comfortable, you're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna move. You yeah. know, if you got that steady check coming every week, every two weeks, like, uh, you know, I might, I might sell a book or two. All right. I'm good. You know? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in, sometimes it's important if you, if you can't, um, I guess sometimes self-motivate. Um, mm -hmm. and even when you can, sometimes you just like, life is here, <laughs> you, right. you know, so it's just, uh, you know, um, but I really appreciate um, the angles that you're taking when it comes to, because listen, we've been talking for like 10 minutes and we're talking about one poem that yeah. led to <laughs> a book 
and something that fed you for the first quarter of the year. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So that's that's so if you go back into your archive and create services out of your poems, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that, and I'm sure you have some more introspective poems that link to other um, crises or uh, pain points for people or just uplifting people as well, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you did your due diligence and say, all right, I got this one, I got this one. Okay, this one can be a workshop for sure. You know what I mean? This would, This one really could help a lot of people for whatever this topic is, you know? Mm -hmm. um, when, when did you start writing? I first started writing, uh, I was 15 in 10th grade, so uh, 16 years ago almost. Um, it was my 10th grade English teacher. She introduced me, introduced the whole class to Shakespeare and it was Sonnet 116. And it's basically his uh, interpretation of love and how strong it is and how strong it truly is and how it's unbreakable. Um, real love is unbreakable and it lasts forever. And that poem made me fall in love with love and poetry. Wow. Like just the language he used and the romance behind it and all of it. So we had homework assignments and so to write poems and we had to like, you know, write sonnets and different things and haikus and whatnot. So that's how I got initially started writing. And then I ended up liking what I was turning in for homework. So I bought a journal and I would write the poetry in my little journal and then I would like write it and pass it in for class. Um, and so I was just writing for high school. And uh, when I got into college, there was an open mic at the Black Student Union. They were hosting open mic. And I was just there just to watch. And then a couple of my friends knew I wrote poetry and they just like peer pressured me and signed me up. And so I went up and I read like three very short poems and then like scurried off the stage and <laughs> everyone was like, that was so good. And it just felt cool to like have that little record, like being recognized a little bit. Um, so I kept going back and performing and all of my, most of my friends at the time uh, were writers or rappers. So mm. I didn't, I wasn't around any poets. I was around rappers. So everything was rhyming. Everything was like, you know, to, uh, for the year. And so, but I was still calling the poetry, but I had all these rappers like critiquing me and saying that like my flow needs to be better and my rhyming could be better and the metaphors and all of this stuff. And they would really like, I would post videos on Facebook and they would comment and be like, nah, this flow's trash. You need to work on it. Like, hard, in the comments. like, yes. Like, and these are my friends. Like we still friends to this day, but it didn't discourage me. Like they knew me well enough that it just like made me want to shut them up mm. and made me want them to have the complete opposite reaction. And so I just, I kept performing just at open mics. I think I did one college show uh, while, while I was back home. I'm from Massachusetts. So um, I went to Framingham State College and um, I think I did one show in Boston at Simmons and that was like pretty much it. And I did like a couple open mics around Boston when I, when I moved to San Diego in 2013, um, I just moved there because I, I wanted to get out of the hood. I live in Brockton, Massachusetts, and mm -hmm. everybody is either gets pregnant or goes to jail or gets stuck and just settles there, and I didn't want to do that. So I just left, 
and um, I didn't know about the San Diego poetry scene. I had no idea who Rudy Francisco was. Mm. Um, I know that I got an invite to go to an open mic called Elevated, and it was their eighth year anniversary, and Shihan was the feature. Mm. And when I was in high school, like when I started writing, one of my friends showed me Shihan's poem, uh, Type Love, the I want to love, like me thinking of you, thinking of me, thinking of you, type right, love. Right, 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 yeah. right. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. Like, I don't know how he, I want to do whatever he's doing and be on stage and do poems. And so when they were like, oh, Shihan's the feature, I'm geeking, I'm geeking out. And right. I remember um, going there and watching him and, uh, when I went in, Rudy Francisco was at the door with the clipboard. I thought he was a doorman. I didn't know who he was. Um, and so he asked if I wanted to sign up and I was like, sure. And then I did, and then he got on stage and did a poem. And I was like, who is, who is this person? And literally right. every single person that got on stage, I was just in awe. And it was, it was amazing. And then, um, the end of the night, Rudy invited me to the San Diego Slam the following Monday, and I went and I did horribly because I didn't know what a mm. slam was. I thought it was an open mic that was just that was just the <laughs> name of the open mic. Like I thought <laughs> it was just called that. Um, so I placed like eleventh out of twelve poets, and then I just started going to open mics every single week after that. I like stepped away from slam because I felt like I'm I'm not good enough to do what these people do, but I want to do what they do. And mm. so I, I went to open mics, uh, once, twice, three times a week if I could. I yeah. remember I would I would just move to California, so I had no car or anything. If my cousins couldn't drop me off, I was taking the bus, and I was, I remember paying with quarters, nickels, and dimes a couple times just to get into the open mic and the slam, just to watch, and to soak it in, and right. um. In twenty in fall twenty fifteen, so like two years later, I was like, I right, I feel like I've been working hard enough, and so I went and I was like, I'm gonna go out for the slam team, and uh, I just I ended up making it that year, and it's been like a domino effect ever ever since then. I feel like you wow. only asked me one question, and I went like on a whole rant. That's how we flow. <laughs> That's how we go. Who was on that team? <laughs> uh, so Rudy Francisco was the coach. Uh, myself, okay. Natasha. Uh, myself, Natasha Hooper, Amin Ra, and Nicole Lawson. So Cole yeah. Lawson actually, she only slammed for one year, and now she is like a life coach. She's a chef. She's uh, all of these things. Um, she still writes and does poetry. She actually has a book um, for sale as well, but she's not in the slam as much. So folks may not know her name, but y'all should. She's dope. Right, Nicole Lawson. <laughs> Yeah. If you you you're still in communication with her? Yes, absolutely. Make that um make that make that connection. I would love to to have a conversation with her. Um if she's right. interested. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. All right. So so all right, cool. Where are you where are you now? Where in the world are you? So I live in San Diego. I'm uh, located in San Diego, or based in San Diego, but right now I'm in Hawaii. Okay, gotcha, yes. gotcha. What, what what brought you to Hawaii? Uh, my boyfriend in quarantine. Okay, 
Cool. So. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. It's I can't, yeah. you know, I can't work. I can't go do shows. I can't uh, perform. Mm. I can't really hang out with friends like that. And so I might as well be here for quarantine until I can. Yeah. Why not be in Hawaii? Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you, how has the virtual world treated you and your career, your poetry career? So at first it was devastating. Yeah. Because I was supposed to be touring all year. I was actually mm. on an airplane on my way to San Antonio when they made the announcement that uh, uh, gatherings have to be closed down to 10. And so a lot of venues closed and restaurants closed. Like every, that's when everything shut down. And I was mid-flight on my way to Texas to tour. And I was supposed to do like a four city tour and um, it sucked. So I wow. actually had, I actually featured in the very first virtual open mic before we really knew virtual open mics were gonna be a thing. Mm. Um, so uh, in San Antonio, we they set up in the backyard camera and there was, I think eight of us in the backyard. So we were under the limit. And so, you know, a few poets got up on the mic and did a poem and it, we were live on Facebook and Instagram. And then I went up and performed and there were a lot of June bugs. I don't like June, I don't like <laughs> bugs in general, but I like we're fighting June bugs in the backyard. Um, and then after that, I had to fly back to California cause my other shows got canceled. And so it really hit me hard at first, but it's been like a, a little blessing in disguise. I haven't been able to make as much money as I would had I been able to, you know, tour yeah. and travel like I'm supposed to, but I have been able to feature on a lots of different open mics and meet a lot of people from all over the world that I wouldn't have met otherwise. Um, I was actually able to feature in the UK twice and nice. that was huge um, for me and now they want to like eventually when the world opens up they do want to bring me out there mm. so that's like an international gig that i had waiting for me in the future that i would have may have never had had it not been for uh quarantine and this like new age of virtual open mics yes. um, it's also been triggering because there are folks that I don't believe to be safe that have um, endangered me that are still floating around all these virtual open mics because what, what I think what this allowed for is it allowed this blessing of so many poets to meet each other and interact and artists in general, right? And on the other hand, it allowed any and everyone to do anything. There are multiple open mics that exist where their hosts or the, or you don't really, you're not an organizer if you get on Instagram and you're saying, hey, sign up for my open mic. You're just a person with internet, right? And a phone. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these people have taken advantage of this new wave. And I think it's oversaturated. I think mm -hmm. there are way too many open mics that don't, that exist for no reason that their hosts are either dangerous or irresponsible or abusers. And um, so it's been triggering seeing certain people and names 
uh, come into play that nobody even knew who they was before, but because of the internet and all it is, like it's real easy to pretend that you're something that you're not. Mm. Nobody has to actually be who they are. And that's scary. Like mm -hmm. I can be whoever I want from behind the screen and you don't know what's really going on once I'm off the screen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really scary is that like all of these new hosts have arrived and all these new, not even venues, cause they're cell phones. Like, I feel like if you don't have an actual venue to host an event in, you shouldn't be a host of an event. Unless it's mm -hmm. like a podcast or a radio show or something like that. But I have lots of opinions on that. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's been good and bad. I think yeah. it's been a blessing and uh, a burden at the same time. Yeah, you know, good old internet. Um, that is, that is its name, um, the good and the bad, um, and everything that comes with it. So, so, um, and so you're like somewhat on a mission to create safe spaces, um, in our poetry community. Um, what are some of the things have, that you've been able to, I guess, drum up to, um, you know, assist in that way? Uh, so in February this year, uh, while I was on tour, I was assaulted. Um, it was actually in Hawaii, which a lot of people, which is the reason a lot of people don't know that I'm in Hawaii. Uh, I was on tour in Hawaii. My current boyfriend actually met him during that trip. Um, he is, hasn't been associated with the person that hurt me since it happened. Um, but so I was out here on tour, you know, I got super excited because after the psych ward says went viral. Lots of people reached out to me and booked me. And I got woke up to an email asking me to feature in Hawaii. So I'm excited. I come out and uh, the host actually, like he used, you know, friends of mine to say that he, that, pretend that he has like a better relationship than he does to make me more comfortable in going and feeling safe staying at his place because other friends of mine have traveled and stayed there and there was no problem. But I was assaulted and after, I got back to the mainland. I told my story and I posted it on Instagram and Facebook. And inevitably, I ended up ending his entire organization. I found out that he had assaulted multiple people in the community, in his in the community in Hawaii. Um, and so I was able to. I contacted the owner of the venue that he was using, and I got their contract ended and their entire organization uh, went down and I'd spread a lot of awareness and I started a lot of conversations. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I also learned a lot of stories. A lot of women reached out to me and let me know their stories of when, when similar things happened to them and they either tried to tell their story and they weren't listened to, or they were afraid to tell their story because they were afraid they wouldn't be heard or that nobody would believe them because the person that did it has like this higher status in the community, whether it be nationally or locally. And so all of that was very heartbreaking. And I, um, I try every chance I get to remind folks that we need to call out abusers and hold them accountable, whether they are our peers, our best friends, our coaches, our siblings mm. and our fam, like it doesn't matter. 
I think, and I think it's also, also we also need to call out people that um, enable them and help them. Because with my particular situation, I posted a letter, a statement saying that what happened. And in response, this man's wife and close friend wrote a letter for him, basically saying that I was lying and that I was a drunk and that I was a slut and that I don't know what I'm talking about and try to embarrass me. And when I said that there are like folks that are going around the open mics and hosting that are involved with the people that hurt me, they're still best friends with the people that wrote the letter for the man that assaulted me. And they think that's okay, that they're still great friends with, and they don't see that what's wrong with that. And it's like the fact that I just think that people need to believe women more often and stop questioning them and stop going back to the abuser to be like, oh, well, what did what happened? What really happened? What's your side of things? Because 99% of the time women are lying about this stuff. Like I want to say 100% of the time, but I also am not stupid. I know that there are very, very, very rare occasions where folks embellish and they lie, but this is not one of those times. And um, I think folks need to just, I try to advocate for believing women more. There isn't an exact solution that I have. Um, I've talked to folks about like, I don't know how to do it, but if there was this like larger, almost board that handled this type of things, like from people from all over the country, right? Not just like in one area that we can uh, vote for or, or not necessarily vote for, but just, I don't really know how to do it. But I think there needs to be people that everybody feels safe with that doesn't have a question mark over their head that, that is reliable, that is honest, that is trustworthy, that's safe, that can hold others accountable and stop them from joining larger uh, from, cause you, we can't stop people from doing, you know, from going out and performing and hosting or whatever, but we right. can prevent them from being parts of larger organizations where we know there will be other people there and larger groups and we can protect, we can do as much as we can to protect them, I think. And um, if we could create some sort of, uh, I don't know, committee or board that, I know in San Diego, there is a safe space committee. I'm not a part of it, but a few friends of mine are. So that is something that does exist. Um, uh, honestly, I didn't even know it existed until I was told about it one day. And I think it was curated like while I was uh, back home living in Boston, but I know there is one in San Diego. And if we hear about something, which it's happened and we've learned about certain situations and we go about it and we, we put them in touch with the safe space committee and they handle things. And if more things like that could happen and we could have that on a larger scale, um, I think it would help. I don't think there's like a hundred percent solution to it. Um, sure. But I think that we need to do it. I think people need to be doing everything we can to protect yeah. uh, everybody in our community, especially women, especially black women. Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, um, you know, I know we speak a lot um about building the poetry industry um but this is where uplifting the poetry community comes in you know um um and i've recognized uh, a lot of the poets in the community uh reach out 
and um, in support of you. Um, I, I did. I definitely saw uh, what was happening. Um, I'm all the way in D.C., you know, mm-hmm. and so um, the Internet makes the world super small. And yes. um, uh, coincidentally, well, not coincidentally, because when I saw that you were going to Hawaii, um, well, when I saw that you were booked uh, to go to Hawaii, I, mm-hmm. I reached out to you. I was like, hey, um, what, what's the what's the connect? What's 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 the what's the what's the word? What's the, what's the connect? And then you gave me the connect. And uh, because I was in the process of booking and planning our fighting cancer with poetry tour international yes. tour right I, yes I remember yeah that. and um and that just based off of your recommendation I, I made that connect and that was going to be one of our stops and then i was like whoa and it was like i don't know days later or a week later or something like that um this came out and i was like i guess i won't not i, w- I won't be going to hawaii um but uh and i was just like just so hurt uh to know that you had to go through that you know and um so you reached out to an organization in hawaii a poetry organization in hawaii yes what what was the name of that organization um to get to receive the booking or afterwards no afterwards to to uh get you out of that situation So I actually reached out to my coach. Um, okay. and I called Rudy. I called Rudy Francisco because I literally didn't know who else to call, and I gotcha. know I didn't know if he could help me, but I knew that he knows a lot of people, and so he actually called another poet that contacted a uh, um, High Poet Society, yes. which. I remember going to nationals back in 2016 and seeing Hawaii slam team like on the roster. And so when I got booked for the Hawaii slam, I was left under the impression that I was, that's the slam that I was going to feature at. I see. And it wasn't until I literally got to Hawaii that he was like, Oh no, we're not even a year old yet. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like I've seen Hawaii slam. And he's like, Oh no, we're not a part of that organization. And he was like, talking trash about them kind of mm. and so i i thought that it was high poet society <laughs> that i was going to go feature with and i was super excited because i know they're kind of like they've been around for decades you know and sure. so they're kind of legendary in like the slam world and um but they uh or who helped me out and it was really based off of just like who we know and the love that we have and like Rudy's a genuine man, you know, the poet he reached out to is a genuine person and the poet she reached out to to help me, they're all genuine people. And she stays uh, during her visits to Hawaii. And so um, I reached out to them. And so yeah, if you do want to do a trip to Hawaii, I would suggest High Poet Society are the people to connect with because those are the oh. only safe, in my opinion, uh, poets and community in Hawaii because there's a few others that are still circulating, but they, they're all still associated with the other people. So, Got it. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that is a um, very important conversation. Um, I don't think it's had enough um, in a lot of industries, just yeah. or just period. You know, that conversation is not, um, you know, a popular conversation. You know, and a lot of times it is hush hush pushed under the rug 
and until something tragic happens. Right. Um, and even then, they'll still try to push it under the rug. And um, I, I appreciate your advocacy, you know, um, and just you sticking to it. Because, again, you could have just went through it, um, said what you said, and that was it. Um, but I, I definitely commend you for continuing and spreading that information and starting those conversations because it is important. And if if you can help someone today or in the future, then you've done your job. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Thank you. That I, th I think uh, I think that's definitely worth researching. You know what 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 can the poetry community do to create safe spaces um, around the country and beyond in the poetry community? So you know I I, I definitely uh, and I hope someone that's listening um, or, or watching or even reading because we now have a third dimension to the podcast, a blog. Um, oh, dope. Yes. We, as a matter of fact, we just launched that, that like two days ago. So we're super excited about it. So you can not only watch on YouTube and, and listen on anywhere you watch a podcast. Um, I'm sorry, anywhere you listen to a podcast, you can also go to our website, thepoetlife.com and um, our new blog manager, um, uh, takes her personality and kind of transforms it into a blog. So it's not it's not a transcription of the blog, you know, word for word. Um, it, it's it's yeah. a, an adaptation of what's going on 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 each episode. So we're really excited about it. So That's um, awesome. yeah, yeah, we figured you know that would help us expand, but also create organic SEO, you know, search engine optimization. You know, because of the keywords and you know all of that, and so. Um, but at the same time, some people would rather read than watch or listen. Right. You know, so, yeah. So it's kind of want to just touch all bases, but um, but again, I, I think uh, um, when someone is watching, listening, or reading, um, then they can also, at the very least, be aware. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, so solution wise, right, you were booked. Um, uh, what are some things, what, what is something that especially a woman can do to to make sure that they stayed safe when when flying out to 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 go perform? Right. Like in, in your instance, you went alone, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, did you um, know anybody in Hawaii at the time? No, I didn't. Okay, gotcha. Um, Good. In 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 hindsight, did you did you did you find out that you knew somebody in Hawaii, or no, you just didn't know anybody in Hawaii? Um, in hindsight, I I did have one friend that I knew from San Diego that uh, had moved out there, but gotcha. I high key forgot um, that she mm -hmm. lived there and, and that she was, and there's also like multiple islands. So I didn't know yeah. that she was on this island. And then um, 
by the time I had realized it, I I didn't want to keep talking about it and telling people what happened at the time. And so um, I had found like a new place to stay and ended up catching up with her like the last couple of days that I was there. Um, so it was good to see her, but sure. yeah, had I known that she was there, she probably would have came and picked me up that first day and yeah. it would have been different. Um, or, but, or you even probably would have stayed with her had you known. Yeah, and, and that was the other thing is unbeknownst to me, there was another space for me to stay at mm. a woman's house who is a mother of two young girls and had a whole guest room for me. Wow. There were multiple poets that offered and she off, she knew I was coming and offered and he was like, no, she's all set. She said she's okay with staying here. And I didn't even know that that was available. Mm. So that just adds to it. And had I known, yes, I would have taken that. Because what he did is he left me the impression. He said he has a two bedroom apartment. It's very large. I have my own space, my own room. Um, and I went in there under the impression that I would have a door to close in privacy, at least. And that was not the case. When we got there, there was a two bedroom apartment, but the second bedroom was his daughter's room. And then mm. the other bedroom was his. So he offered, he asked, he said, you can stay in my room or you can stay in the living room on the air mattress. And I was like, I'll take the living room on the air mattress. Um, the very first night, like we went out, had drinks. He got me drunk. And then he still had a couple friends over in the living room talking. I wanted to go to sleep. So I was like, is it okay if I sleep in a room tonight and you sleep in the living room on the air mattress? And he said, yeah, that's fine. And then I woke up to being cuddled the next morning and getting kissed on the forehead. Like he never mm. slept on the air mattress. He just crawled into bed to, with me after I was passed out. So I would have changed a lot of things. Um, since then, I have traveled a couple times and I have noticed that I have a really, really bad anxiety while traveling mm. and um, going to do shows and meeting new people. It's, I don't really realize it until I'm there, um, but I think like two weeks after I got back from Hawaii in February, I had to go to March. I got to go to Dallas in March for the Women of the World Poetry Slam. And I could have gotten a hotel at the host hotel where all the other poets were and been like neighbors with other poets. Instead, I got a hotel two blocks away. I got a queen suite two blocks away in a hotel where nobody else was, that I knew was staying at because I wanted to be as far away from everyone as possible. And so I had like, I remember every time I went in the room, I locked both the locks and I put like a little flap over. And then when I went to sleep, I locked that door, I closed that door and locked it. And it's, it's just been hard trying to transition, but I think that advice for women, especially when the world opens back up and going on tour, in your contract or whether you have a contract or not in the agreement, have a hotel be a part of the payment. Mm. Like, oh yes, mm. oh, you want to fly me out there? You want me to come out there? You need to book me a hotel. Da 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 da. da. And you're you're the only one that has access to that hotel. And at, at least at the very least, like you have someplace safe to go at the end of the night, and you don't have to rely. And also, as I mean, everybody has their own standards, I guess. But now, like the last time I got flown out, 
I asked for a hotel and a rental car. Mm. And I didn't, I wanted to be able to get myself around and I wanted to be able to leave when I wanted to leave. And I wanted to be able to sleep by myself with no worries yeah. or concern. Those are good so steps. I think, I think that's something is just recognizing where you're going. Also researching the host and the venue more. Wow. Cause that's something I was so excited. I was so excited to have this opportunity. Like I'm from Brockton, Massachusetts. I'm from the hood. I didn't even know the Hollywood, Hollywood sign was really, really there in the mountains until I got to LA and I saw it. Like, so to imagine me flying to Hawaii to do poetry, like that's not something I dreamt of in my wildest dreams. So I was just so ecstatic from the opportunity. I didn't take the time to research this person and ask questions like I should have. Right. And I think that's, I also wasn't taught to me to do that though. Like nobody ever mm -hmm. told me I should do that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's really important. You, you brought up contracts and agreements. Um, I, I would take it a step further and uh, I mean, just on a business level, you know, as a poet, as an artist, um, I would, even if the booker um, doesn't have a contract for you to sign, I would create my own contracts. It's, you can Google um, and, and, you know, and, and download a word document that you can manipulate and right. change out the names and the all of that and um and and always have contracts because in legal uh situations you know you hope and wish you know you don't have to go that route but you're 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 you'll you'll be safe in that in that regard so i would say um always have a contract have them sign it um if they have their own obviously have somebody else look at it after you've looked at looked at it as well um but that's why I asked if you, in hindsight, knew someone where you were going. Um, so for those listening, watching, reading, um, I do suggest that if you're going to another place, find out who you know in that place. Um, if, if it's a college friend, uh, church friend, you know, um, reach out to them and say, Hey, I'm coming to your town. Just letting you know, um, would love for you also to come to the event. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. this is where I'm staying the whole nine, you know, mm -hmm. um, and have that, that emergency call if you need it. Um, hopefully you won't, but just taking those precautions, yeah. right. Just, uh, uh, even I think if, it's, it's terrible that we even have to take these precautions and think about all of these things if in the event that we could be assaulted or hurt in some way and it's like it's it's almost like discouraging like i love poetry i love performing i love touring um but that what happened to me was very discouraging and it was right. very scary and i think i wonder like had this quarantine not happened and i didn't have this time to actually sit and process because I'd never processed it. Like I was, I let, got back from Hawaii, went to Dallas, got back from Dallas, was in Cali for a week, was competing in Cali, went right back to Texas and then quarantined. So I was just like, boom, 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 boom. And I like, I never took time to process and heal. 
And I wonder like how much it would have affected me had I just continued to travel and if I would have been triggered and how I would have reacted in those moments and yeah, all of that. And I'm like, maybe, I mean, everything happens for a reason. Um, so I'm yeah. like this. That's a step as but, well. If, if, if it ever happens is to take a break, you know, and I know that's hard to do when this is what you do, right? This is your full time. It's like taking off of work, you know, taking paid time off. Uh, well, as an artist, it's yeah. uh, what is it? Um, L L WAP. Uh, uh, what's the L? Leave without pay. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. You know, so so I completely understand that. Um, but it, even if it's like a day or two or even a week. Um, just to kind of process things and have a conversation, have a conversation with a loved one um, and kind of processing the whole situation. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is good. And I think it's very necessary. Um, and I've already thought of the title of this podcast, Creating Safe Spaces in the Poetry Community. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 we we have to dig deep, you know, and um, again, we talk a lot about building the poetry industry because that's necessary too, in order for more poets to do what you do, ship out books and go on tour and things of that nature. But if you're not safe, all, what is what is all of that worth? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, especially as as a woman. Um, uh, in, in my uh, lack of maturity uh, days, um, I would probably would have said as a female, but I've learned that that is not the word to use. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I have three daughters and a wife. So, indeed. So, Constant I'm definitely reminder. not going to call my daughters females. Um, yeah, so and that's a part of the conversation too, being respectful and being knowledgeable as it relates to you know um, how to represent or uh, and or uh, um, you know just just to respect women. So I'm learning, and um, I think we're in the in the in the time where women are speaking up. Mm -hmm. You know, and and. But we need to be in the time where men listen. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, because yeah. women, we're, it's so exhausting to, sure. to continuously have to really uh, uh, re-trigger -tr yourself and re-traumatize yourself and to explain to what happened to you and what the difference you want to make or whatever it is. And the, the emotional labor that goes into it for women and to only have that fall on deaf ears like time and time again, especially when it's when it's folks that we consider to be like close friends and family and they're not listening. It's it's so hurtful and discouraging. And it that's a big reason why I haven't been doing open mics or slams in the last couple months is because of that. 
Mm. And I just, it's too much. Mm. I'll, I still get paid for shit. Like I'll get asked and invited every once in a while to do stuff or if it's for money and I really want to do it, I'll do it. Or if it's a feature, I'll do it. But just voluntarily going and enjoying it isn't happening because mm. I can't bring myself to do it right now. Let me ask you, have you thought about teaching and and mentoring virtually? Yes. Um, I actually have some friends that uh, created a virtual online school um, called mm -hmm. Cake Time Club. Um, nice. And so they're in, uh, both my friends are in San Diego and they created it. They're both educators, um, elementary students and any it's for all ages. Anybody can sign up. I am mm -hmm. currently trying to put together a curriculum for elementary school and middle school and more of like a performance curriculum for high schoolers that want to do a spoken word and slam poetry. It's a way for students to take classes during this virtual time that regular school would have never offered them. And they yes. can build skills that, you know, they may not even know that they have. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. You know, we have Poet Life University here and uh, we link up with a lot of organizations, um, schools uh, and, and uh, universities uh, around the country. And I, I usually allow those organizations and schools and companies to reach out to us and say, hey, this is our theme. This is our topic. Do you have someone that can speak to that? Um, but uh, we're we're on a mission to be more proactive and be on the offense to where we um, like say, for instance, you know, you could speak to um uh, you know, creating safe spaces, but also, you know, um, with that. So would, would it be in the realm of mental health, uh, um, mental, what is it? Mental health therapy or, or, um, uh, art mental, therapy? mental health. Well, yeah, art, art therapy. I think, yeah. um, that's a good term for it. Well, mental health awareness, art therapy, mm -hmm. you know, in, in those lanes, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and if we came together and um, kind of brainstorm some workshop topics and kind of pitch those to organizations and things of that nature, I would love mm -hmm. to talk to you more about that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I, I think that would, I think that would go over really well, um, and and that would keep the conversation going. Yes. And I think yeah. that's, I don't have solutions, but yeah. I know I'm really good at starting conversations. And I think that that's how you get to solutions. Exactly. Inevitably, it, it has to start with a conversation. A usually the most difficult conversations, the most uncomfortable conversations to have lead to change. And I really yeah. love starting uncomfortable conversations. Um, it's a joy that I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's necessary um, because a lot of times it's so awkward. It's like, all right, where do we start? You know, mm -hmm. and if and, and, and if you're a person that's really good at starting the conversation, then they're like, oh, all right, my guard's down. You know, 
because most people are not conversation starters. You know what I mean? Like if you if you're if you're trying if you see someone that you like, you know, you're interested in them and you're not a conversation starter and you're yeah. just hoping that they talk to you. <laughs> you know, or if they don't, it's just it's just not gonna happen. It wasn't meant to be. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah. No, I think that would be great. Um and I would love to work with you in that regard. Um I'm really excited about this 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 episode coming out because really this this has um taken us to another uh plateau, if you will. Um, you know, we 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 we've been talking entrepreneurship and and you know and all of that. And yeah. um uh I, I like where this has gone. Um and I and I like where I believe it will go. Um and it will open up for other conversations that are similar um on this podcast and because at first i was like i don't know you know uh <laughs> i know, you know that uncomfortable feeling yes because, yeah, yeah but your conversation starter you got it going and, and i said this is definitely needed so let's go so let's do it so yeah. Um, Anita, uh, I'm really excited about what you have going on. Um, and, uh, I, I really believe that you would do really well in the realm of education and, and, and mentorship. Thank you. Indeed. Thank you. I am, yeah. I am trying to, uh, get, get into that more. And, uh, I think it's right now, just more or less of like, uh, me, becoming like stable within myself like emotionally and mentally and then also like having uh just like the self-confidence um because i question myself a lot like a lot of people do most people do indeed um, so i think just getting over that um javon johnson told me that uh one of the problems is that i always i'm afraid of my own success yeah and once i get out of my way i'll be fine so that's I'm most people to get out of my way <laughs> I, you know, I, this is me doing this podcast is me getting, getting out of my own way. Mm. Season one was, I had two hosts. Um, and then, you know, um, life happened and, and the other host, uh, couldn't do it. And, uh, we took a pause and just out of nowhere, God gave me enough confidence to do it. Cause mm. I'm I'm behind the scenes. I'm a, I'm a behind the scenes guy. Not one to want to be in front of the camera. Want to be on stage. Just that's just not me, you know. And um um and hey, here we are. So no, yeah. Take time uh, to heal and and uh, recompose and and all that good stuff. And uh, you know. Uh, Time will definitely tell when things need to happen. So um, we'll reconnect. You know, we, we always converse, uh, whether it's short or long, on on Facebook Messenger. So um, uh, whoever's watching, listening, or reading, you'll see you'll see more of the poet life and Miss Anita D. Um, so just anticipate. Yes, most definitely. If you could say anything to anybody before we leave out, what would you say? I don't have a message for uh, one person in particular. 
but um, I love all of you. I hope that everyone is practicing loving themselves, even on on the most difficult days, practice uh, your hardest. And um, everything happens for a reason. I know everybody's going through it right now, but we just gotta, I feel like we just gotta hold our breath for like a little while longer um, and everything's gonna be good. So I love everybody. I hope everybody is continuing to wash their hands and social distance and stay safe and healthy, uh, both physically and mentally. Where can folks find you? Um, on Instagram at Anita D Poetry. Um, I also have a website at uh, www.anitadpoetry.com. So that has links to all of my uh, poetry videos up on YouTube. It also has a link where you can contact me if you want to get a copy of my book and the psych word says. Um, and soon it'll have other things once I, when I finish up the projects I'm working on. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. When you do, let us know. Everybody, it's the Poet Life Podcast. Again, I'm Christoph Wrights. My co-host is J-Rod um, uh, Check us out at the website, thepoetlife.com. Everywhere on social media, The Poet Life. We're just excited about this new uh, direction, you know, um, this, uh, I won't say lane, but this new form of confidence that we have to talk about hard conversations. And so uh, everybody, thank Miss Anita D, because um, I don't know if I would have initiated it. So um, definitely appreciate you. And uh, it's Friday night. Just make sure you have a good weekend. Um, you know, spend some time with yourself. And um, it's COVID, man. You know, <laughs> it's COVID, man. It's COVID, man. Let's let's uh, let's let's hustle down. Let's let's hustle down and and get some work done. You know what I mean, like. Let's, yes. let's write some more books. Let's sell some more books. Let's use this internet for good, even though some people like to use it for bad. Yes. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. I feel that. Most thank definitely. Thank you so much for having me on here. No, I can't thank wait to you. More in thank the future. you. I'm super excited. Most definitely. I, th I think this will go a long way. So um, it's the Poet Life Podcast. Everybody have a good night. Mr. Nina D, I appreciate you. Thank you. All Peace. right. We're out. Awesome. That was good. That was great. Thank you. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It, it went it went by fast, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I like yeah. I see like the time on the corner of my computer and I I swear to God it just said like 30 minutes like a few minutes ago and I looked like, up again and it said exactly. 50 something. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I um this conversation um and direction uh is very necessary like i said and i think it will help a lot of people mm -hmm. you know and 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 just like i said people need to eat more off of their poems i'm now i'm talking to myself we need to eat more off of our episodes and mm -hmm. turn our episodes into workshops you see, you see what I'm yeah. saying? So, so, so now this isn't a poem, but this is an hour long episode to where I can take the episode and pitch it to, right? So, so this is. Right. And like the whole topic. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes. And so they can watch it and say, yeah, I, I can see that. So this is this is is this is a product. This is an example. You have a book on it, you know, uh, related to it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, if, if poets would just get that and understand that their poems are tools, um, products, uh, marketing strategies, like. It can do so much for them if they just look at it more yeah. than just a poem. Right. So, so look out for my call. Look out for my call um, or my Facebook message. And because uh, <laughs> I see myself, you know, shooting this link out once it's out um, to universities and organizations um, and saying, hey, let's spark this conversation up. And I have the perfect person to facilitate yeah, it. And this this topic of like the creating safe spaces in like our poetry community really applies to every single space, like exactly. every single space you can think of. Not so, just yeah, especially colleges and universities. Like, yes, yeah, yes, yes. I was yeah. assaulted in college my freshman year. Wow. So, yeah. Man, I didn't know that. And so now this double down on your anxiety. Yeah. Man. Uh, you know, I have three daughters, uh, five and under, you know, and uh, I, I, I try to keep my mind in this age, you know, where they are, but I can't mm -hmm. but help but think down, down the line, you yeah, know, of course. Uh, you know, so, so, uh, but I have to like protect my mind. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, cause when it comes to, even when it comes to boys and, and all of that, you know, I, I, I already have enough on my mind right now. And I don't, I don't want to, I, I try not to think <laughs> that far, that far down the line. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and they're they're still so young. Like, I mean, I'm not a mom. I can't really give advice. Yeah. But I would just say, like, just enjoy this time as much right. as possible. I'm sure you already know that. Like, yeah. And I have nieces and nephews, and I've seen how quickly they're growing up. So mm -hmm. I can only imagine how it feels if it's like your own child. Mm -hmm. Um, and thinking about all of that, and you know, you're a great guy. You're an amazing man. Uh. You, you're gonna do everything you can do to protect them no matter what, but Indeed. also understand the world yeah. is the way the world is and reality of it is you can't protect them from every single thing. Right. Not saying right. that you, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. but I'm sure, I know that you'll, you're gonna do yeah. everything in your power so, you too. Know, that's why I thought of introducing steps that people, that women can take um, when traveling or when, you know, in, in those instances, um, so, so they can learn from your experience mm -hmm. and they can take those necessary steps and call somebody saying, Hey, I'm coming to Atlanta. Uh, how close is it to yes. where you are? And if it isn't close, who do you know that you trust that I can then call? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. it's unfortunate you got to do all of that, but life is life is life. Yeah, it's it's very sad that those precautions have to be taken. At the same time, it's like this is gonna sound so messed up. But I'm like, you'd rather take those precautions than than not and have something happen to you. And yeah. it's like, it's just sad that that's like the world that we're in. And I don't, yeah, it's discouraging. Yeah, yeah. My my motto in life is it is what it is. It 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 just is, man. Like, and because if you don't, you're gonna act like nothing can happen to you. Yeah. And I feel like that was almost this, not that nothing could happen to me, but this isn't gonna happen to me right now. I didn't even think that it was like a possibility of that happening. So it wasn't even a thought or a concern. And it was frustrating because there was a couple people, they're not like necessarily friends. Like there was a girl that I was like, was dating before around that time. And when I told her what happened, she was like, see, why'd you go out there on your own? You shouldn't have gone out. You sh why'd you do that? Why would you even go there by yourself? As if like, I chose to put myself in that danger. And so it, it's, it's hard to like balance it, I guess, because really depending on how you word it, it could like everybody, the world is so sensitive now. Mm -hmm. And so like, she could have genuinely meant like you should have taken those precautions because of things that she's experienced. And it's like, yo, you know, people are terrible and they can do all these things and you should have taken those precautions. But at the same time, it's like, my feelings were like, I shouldn't have to take those precautions. Like I'm getting flown out to do a poem. Like I shouldn't have to think of all of these things to pr protect myself, but this is the world that we live in yeah. and I should have. Indeed. It's yeah. not my fault. Like none of it's my fault. And I know that, but and I'm aware of that. But you know, I've obviously changed how I travel now. And I yeah. won't like I don't allow myself to stay at anybody's place anymore. Right. Right. So right. Yeah. Man, get some rest, man. Enjoy your weekend. It's the weekend, you know. I will. You too. Thank you again for this. I'm really, really excited for this episode to come out. Um, Me too. I hope that it just sparks some conversations and I'm just excited to continue to work with you in the future. Most definitely. Did you get a chance to fill out that form, um, that link in the email at the bottom? I thought I did. I'll double check. I was like, maybe I did I it. You, um, yeah, I think you did. I think you did. All right. Yeah, okay. yeah. You did it a while back, I think. Okay. Okay. Then I... I may have it check if I didn't let just let me know and then I I'll will. fill it yeah, out. Uh, it has the um uh the upload features for your for your photo so I can create the graphic for this episode and but I th I was just in that photo and I believe I saw you in there but if not I'll I'll definitely message you. Okay, but all right, all right. yeah, just I let me know. You, Thank you. All right. Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way. Find a way.